Wednesdays at noon, Green Memorial United Methodist Church downtown hosts a worship service at lunch. Gary Robbins is the pastor at Green Memorial United Methodist Church and invites local pastors to preach there once or twice a year. Once when he was introducing me, he said, we're glad to have with us today Donna Hopkins Britt, the the pastor of Calvary United Methodist Church. And I've given him a hard time for that ever since. When we're introducing someone, we often add extra data so the person listening can know something about that person. Today, Luke, the author, not only of the Gospel of Luke, but the author of Acts, introduces us to a disciple named Tabitha. It's the only time that the Greek word for disciple, the feminine Greek word for disciple, is used in the New Testament. Tabitha, at least that's her name in Aramaic, is also known as Dorcas in Greek. Both words mean gazelle. Now, whether that means she was quick on her feet, we don't know. But it's interesting, and um, some have wondered whether they, that Luke tells us this because she was known not only to her smaller Aramaic community, but also to the broader Greek community because... She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. She's the kind of person that we emulate. But while we may emulate her, we also feel slightly inferior because she has such a good, compassionate heart, and she spends much time and energy caring for others. Now, there are people who don't like to be taken care of by others, But I would say most of us do. We like it when people give us a gift or write us a personal note or bring us a treat or take a responsibility off of our shoulders. We like Tabithas. We like Tabithas, but we don't necessarily want to be Tabithas. Well, Tabitha gets ill, and the spirit that has animated her dissipates, dies, goes away. And the other disciples, some of the other disciples, send to Joppa for Peter. Sorry, they send to Lydda for Peter, which is near Joppa. We're not told why. We don't know whether they expect Peter to perform a miracle or whether they just want him there to help them grieve Tabitha's death because she was a major player in the early church. What matters is that Peter is called, and he responds to the invitation of these other followers of Jesus. And when he arrives, they take him upstairs to a room, and all the widows, you picture this, all the widows stand beside Peter, weeping and showing tunics. This, see, she made this for me. It's easier for for widows today than it was then. Not long ago, a new widow was meeting with an insurance agent who had brought her a check for $50,000. She looked at the insurance agent and she said, with a little catch in her throat, you know, I miss him so much. I'd give 25000 of this to have him back. <laughs> Earlier in history, it wasn't as easy for the widows. 
Wives did not inherit property or anything from their fathers and husbands. This was true in England when Jane Austen was writing Pride and Prejudice. Those of you who are familiar with that will remember that Mrs. Bennet wanted so much for her daughters to marry well because when Mr. Bennet died, they would lose the whole estate to the nearest male relative, Mr. Collins. For those of you who don't know Pride and Prejudice but know Downton Abbey, the same was in force at the beginning of that series. Lord Grantham had only daughters, and so the lower-class cousin Matthew Crowley would inherit the estate. So in Jesus' time, too, widows, unless they had grown and generous sons, had no one to provide for them. Tabitha had been a type of savior for these widows, so now as they weep about Tabitha's death, they may also be wondering where they would get a tunic when this one fell apart. Grief lays a finger on every facet of our lives. Easter was three weeks ago now. We're still in the season of Easter. But on that day especially, we celebrated the potent way that God wrestled life from death. In the story just preceding this story about the raising of Tabitha, through the power of the name of Jesus, Peter heals a man who had been paralyzed for eight years. He says, Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. I never liked making my bed when I was a kid. I really don't like making my bed now. But if I had been lying in a bed, paralyzed for eight years, I don't think I'd mind so much. Aeneas arose immediately, we're told. It wasn't the power of Peter that healed Aeneas. It was through the power of the risen Christ that this man could stand up and walk for the first time. For us, it would be since 2005. And so we learn more about Peter, the same Peter who had denied and betrayed Jesus just weeks before. He's on a roll. This time we're not told explicitly that the power comes from the risen Christ. But listen again to what Peter does. He puts all of them outside, all the widows who are showing off their tunics and other clothes that Tabitha had made for them. Then he knelt down and prayed. And then he turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And then she opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand, and he helped her up, just like Jesus had done with a young girl not too long before. And then Peter called the saints and the widows, and he showed Tabitha to them alive. And yet, that's not the whole story. That's maybe the most exciting part of the story, but the next verse is this. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. It didn't just stop with a resurrection. It didn't just stop with a miracle. It didn't just stop with Peter doing something amazing through the power of Christ. It moved forward, and many believed in the Lord. Now, if we have trouble with the physical realities of somebody being raised from the dead, we want to reach beyond what we see in this story 
to the meanings that it has for us about death and life. It's a witness to the power of Christ bringing life out of death. A few of us from Calvary attended on Friday the annual feast, which is prepared by the Virginia Baptist Women in Ministry. It was a six-hour program attended by about 75 people, not all of whom were women. The last sermon in the day was delivered by two pastors in scripted conversation with each other. One was Betty Pugh Mills, the pastor of Grace Baptist Church in Richmond, who went to the church when she was 26, and she'll turn 50 later this year. She started out in that sermon saying that when she was 26, she knew, she knew by the time she was 46 that the number of Baptist women in ministry would have doubled, tripled, or more. But now over 20 years later, she's disappointed and disheartened that that has not been the case, that progress in that area has been extremely slow. The other pastor, Mandy, is in her early 30s and just beginning her first pastorate at Ginner Park Baptist in Richmond. She still has hope that changes will happen. And when someone from the Baptist Theological Seminary in Richmond asked how many of those present had been students or teachers or faculty or trustees, well over a third of the people stood up. Now, 25 years ago, many people believed that life was over for Southern Baptists who were not fundamentalists the denomination that had formed them to paint with broad theological strokes, had narrowed tenets into dogma, and in their view, been killed. But there were some who remembered resurrection. A few visionaries pulled life out of death and created a seminary that has now trained over 600 ministers and missionaries, social workers, chaplains, and more. It's taken 20 years to see the results of that labor, but now the women and men who brought about that seminary can see that the power of Jesus Christ is still at work. Through people, Jesus still performs miracles of bringing life out of death. Have you seen that in your own life? Back in 1999, I was associate pastor here at Calvary, and the senior minister had just announced that he was resigning from Calvary to go to a different congregation. As I encountered one of you by the back door with fear and concern, you said, oh, Donna, what are we going to do? Others felt the same way. Anxiety was high all around the congregation. Because we're not the church we used to be, No one will want to work alongside us. That seemed to be the fear. Life was ending. Death was knocking at the back door as paint chips were falling to the ground. Now, part of that is true. We are not what we used to be. If we were what we used to be, 
we'd already have had Calvary's funeral, and we would not be in this beautiful sanctuary today. God has worked through you and hundreds of others to enable this church to live when death seemed imminent. So, personally, I have never been as excited and certain about the present and future ministry of this congregation as I am now. Betty, the longtime pastor at Grace Baptist, looks around and finds that, after all, there is reason to hope that churches will become more open to women pastors. The past is not the present, and the present is in the hands of God to shape the future through us. How will we handle what God is doing? That's our question. How will we handle it? Will we see death? Or will we see life arising from death? Those of you who have been active at Calvary for a while can look around and think about the people who used to sit here or the family who used to sit here and they've moved away. It's easy to look around and see death. And yet at the same time, signs of life stare at us. So at Calvary, look and see successful community missions projects and upcoming partnership with the Y for our first ever children's camp about music around the world. Look around and see that there's another partnership with the Roanoke Symphony Orchestra for a concert in this sanctuary in November. When you walk out of this building later today, look around and see signs of life, interactive achievement across the street that continues to grow. Activity almost consistently through the week at Jefferson Center. Success at Fork in the City Restaurant. The women who depended on Tabitha for her good works and acts of charity looked around and they saw death. The other disciples at Joppa saw death. But they called Peter anyway, and Peter got down on his knees and prayed, and then he turned toward Tabitha and he said, Tabitha, get up. And then he extended his hand to her and he helped her off the bed of death to life renewed. The power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ had reanimated the body of Tabitha. This became known throughout Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. If you have experienced new life in Christ, whom will you tell? How will this become known throughout Roanoke unless you tell others that you have seen life come out of death? How will we get through national tragedies like Boston and West Texas unless we believe that life comes out of death? And it's even sweeter when it was almost gone. How can we get through difficult times in our relationship without knowing that others may have seen death and yet they have brought life out of it? I think about the Shoals and the death of their grandson, and we have seen life come back to that family. Other families have had, every family has difficulties, and yet we have 
examples of people married for over 50 years or 40 plus years, and the Garretts I think of too. So many of you who have been examples for the rest of us of working through whatever challenges there are to find life renewed. Now some of you might tell us it's a miracle, and we believe it, because God is still active bringing life out of death. Calvary, get up. Look around you. Here, elsewhere. Get up. Do you see death? Get on your metaphorical knees and pray like Peter did. And when you then open your eyes to God's vision, see if the landscape changes. Let's pray together. Holy God of love and God of life, as we bow before you, we pray that you would guide us to see your vision. Your vision for this church and its life your vision for our relationships and the new life that you can enable there. We pray that you would help us to see your vision of our children and how we may provide them with hope. Lord, we pray that Jesus Christ would be made known through us. And that we would not keep silent, but would help Roanoke and beyond believe in new life that comes through Jesus and through you. All this we pray in the name of our Savior and our Lord. Amen.